Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents the Rowan Sports Review, a weekly program that brings you up to date on all the exciting news of Rowan University athletics, including recaps and highlights, player and coach interviews, and a preview of upcoming games. And now, here's your host, Rowan Radio Sports Director, Jack Miller. Welcome back, everyone, to the Rowan Sports Review. It's your host, Jack Miller, back with you today, and I'm joined with our typical guests here on the Rowan Sports Review. Locke and Doc have returned to the RSR. Guys, welcome back. How are you feeling today? It's very white outside because all the snow's on the ground, and I'm loving it, but what do you guys think of it? Uh, I'm always I'm always a snow fan. Uh, yeah. You know, Me and Justin have this debate back and forth because this guy, this guy loves the heat, but uh, <laughs> I like the cold. I, I I love the cold, love the snow. It's been like 700 days since we've got like more than an inch of snow. Yeah, so. it's been around two years now. Locke, you don't like it that much? Uh, I like the look of it, not the ice that's <laughs> on the ground. And Doc knows, obviously, a couple days ago, um, <laughs> the bad part of it. But again, it's, again, like when you see it on the ground as a kid, throwing on snowballs, making snow angels, stuff like that, snowman, it's great. Mm-hmm. When you're driving in it, walking on it, <laughs> it's not as fun as it was mm-hmm. once, but... Yeah, I don't know if I, I hate the cold, <laughs> but I'm definitely not a fan. So, yeah. I mean, I, if I see someone that I know on campus uh, now, I'm just going to throw a snowball at them instead of that's tapping real. them or, or waving at them. Yeah. You know? so <laughs> that's that's what I'm doing. But, Justin, we drove down to Stockton on Wednesday, and the Rowan got swept. Both teams lost to the Ospreys. And I want to get your initial thoughts on it since we were both there. About we're not even going to start off with the props. We're going to start off with Tavon Gaither for the Ospreys, who put on an absolute show for the Stockton faithful. 36 points. His prior collegiate high was 26. He beat it by 10 points. And he could just read Rowan's defense immediately. Every time, pretty much kind of rinse and repeat. Get inside, be around five feet away from the basket, and just find a way to put it up and in. We were talking about it on air where Stockton and Rowan, for the men's team, is a probable matchup in the NJAC tournament, maybe even in the NJAC finals, it might meet for a third time. Going down the stretch, you have to keep an eye on Gaither once you reach that NJAC tournament because he might do the exact same thing no matter if you're at Rowan or at Stockton once the NJAC tournament comes around in, in mid-February. Yeah, I mean, because you look at it last year, the Stockton didn't have a big three. Rowan had a big two. They had kind of a veteran presence. You had Andrew Seeger, you had Connor Dixon. They both had to leave. Then you get Khalif Mears in the picture. And the profs went on a six-game win streak. They looked like the hottest team in the end, Jack, they were did they get received a couple of votes for a top twenty five, just missed it. And Stockton uh, put that to rest last night. I mean, again, Gaither, his second year with Stockton. Obviously they have the, the fifth year in Campbell as well as Lawrence, but they've also made it a pickup from Scrant and EJ Matthew Spratley. He had a quiet twenty four points. He's averaged twenty points off the bench in his six games with the Ospreys and I think that's kind of been a key piece for the Ospreys to kind of stay up at the top of the end, Jack, because you look at it, the Pros have already lost to Ramapo. They lost to TCNJ. Now they lost to Stockton twice. You're going to look at it down the line now when you play the last eight teams again for the second time. You need to win those games, especially the Ramapo at home is, is a crucial one. And the Pros top scorer, Desir Null had 29, but this wasn't enough. Ross 22, Mears 19, and again, Gaither just seemed like it was a, a free bucket every time he had the ball. He missed nine shots, but he made 14. He only shot one three, and he connected on it. It was a yep. great shooting 
shots back and forth between the two teams. Marcellus Ross found it early, as well as Jazir Nolan. Again, it looked like it was a cross chance to win, and then 17-3 run by Stockton, led by Matthew Spratley and Gaither, completely shut down Rowan, and that's why they got swept, as well as the women. But men's-wise, you definitely had more confidence than men's going into last night, but... It definitely is something that they got to look forward to in upcoming games. Yeah, we're going to talk about the women's basketball team and how they did against Stockton in the past few weeks later on in this episode of the Rowan Sports Review. But I want to get your opinion on this whole situation with uh, Stockton because, uh, Doc, the big, I said it on the air, and Justin just said it not too long ago. The big three of Rowan, with Jazir, Noel, Khalif, Mirrors, Marcellus mm-hmm. Ross, they were all there. And I said it on the air that. If this big three is all there, they will win this game. They were all there. It was just the fact that Gaither had 36 points on the night that gave them a 10-point victory on Wednesday. So down the stretch, you got to be focusing and honing in on the defense because you know that offense is there. It put up 99 points against Stockton uh, compared to 73 points back in November. So the defense just has to start clicking sooner rather than later with the NJAC tournament coming up. Yeah, you mentioned that we're going to talk about the women's team later, and these two teams are complete opposites of each other. Yeah. Like, Rowan can put the ball in the hoop, but they can't prevent the other team putting the ball in the hoop so much. And I think that's their issue. Uh, you know, the undisciplined defense, you know, Stockton, 35 free throws. That cannot happen. You're not winning a game if the other team is shooting from the charity stripe 35 times. Um, they had two players, including Gaither, uh, in, in double digits uh, of free throws, and that's two of them. That can't happen. And, you know, that's kind of, you know, undisciplined defense that you need to fix because if you look at, you know, these stats in, in the Stockton game from the other night, you know, you see very similar statistics. Uh, they both made, Stockton made 35 field goals, Rowan made 36. You know, they Rowan made 13 threes, Stockton made 12. Big difference, Stockton made 27 free throws, Rowan made 14, uh, and they lost by 10. They got to find a way to play disciplined defense, move their feet, beat players to spots, and, and I don't know where it starts, because Khalif Mears, I mean, one of the best defenders in the nation, and, and Booty Butler's also a pretty good defender. I mean, he, he reminds me of Marcus Smart a lot. You know, he holds his ground uh, against anybody, and, and they, they got, you know, Jameer Spivey down low uh, sometimes. Obviously, I know Justin told me, you know, that he kind of didn't get too much action uh, in that second half. You know, the, the, the responses are there. The problem is, is, you know, they just haven't put it together. I feel like they have defenders that are capable, but it's it's all about, you know, putting it together. And they put some good games together defensively. But then you have games like this where it, it feels like Stockton's going to the line every other time down. With Stockton, what they did was they would just find the weak defender within the profs and just attack them immediately, made sure that they got the switch that they wanted, and then attack with Gaither. That's pretty much what it was the entire time while we were in Galloway, Justin. And I want to bring Khalif Mears and Booty Butler into this conversation, as well as Mikey Robinson, because they all got shooken up. Khalif Mears came out twice due to injury. We saw him go to the athletic table um, after after the first time. After the second time, he was just kind of walking around trying to walk it off. Mikey Robinson took a really hard fall into the bench area. He kind of went under the chairs, so he hit the metal legs of the, the chairs, which was very scary. He was holding his elbow, something to look out for. And then also, Booty Butler, he couldn't even, I don't even think he put pressure on his right leg when he when he fell down later in the, towards the end of the game. The injuries really kind of got to them, and what Doc was saying, Booty Butler's a nice defensive presence, same with Khalif Mears, but Booty Butler, we don't know his status on the year because he wasn't even able to put pressure on his leg. So, Eric Brennan's got to find some way to be able to coach this group in order to get their 
their defensive presence, kind of like the way that Kate Pearson has been doing with the women's team that we'll touch on later. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, Mikey Rousing had the starts last couple of games. He was banged up, but he came back in. reason why he wasn't really on the court late in the game, he had had those four fouls early. If he didn't have those four fouls, uh, most likely he would have closed out the game, but Booty Butler, that kind of transpired into that late injury, but he did walk it off. He got up, so I don't think any is serious injury to any of the three guys, because Mears at the half, he walked to the training staff. We were talking about it. We didn't know the staff on him, he came right back in, got banged up after a layup, and then we're thinking, okay, is Mears coming back in? Not even a minute or two later, here's Cleve Mears. He plays 36 minutes in this game, but overall, between those three guys, we've seen a mixture of different lines with Brennan. We've seen some games with Mikey Robinson. We've seen a game without Spivey at the starting center. Last night, we didn't see Ryan Ems or Ifioki Byron at all, and you look at it down the line, I understand why they like Noah at the five, but even last night, he couldn't guard Gaither. Nobody on the floor could guard Gaither, yeah. and he was not doing... It was a pound dribble, weight, right-hand lab. There was nothing else going for mm-hmm. Tavon Gaither. Again, he took that first three. That was when both teams were going back and forth. Yeah. But outside of that, he was not taking a shot outside of maybe five or ten feet. It was all Tavon Gaither. And for this men's team, they are seeing more of the defensive presence team with Coach Brennan now running things here. But they give up 88 points a game, yeah. and they, they score 92. But, again, we've seen now five overtime games. Last night wasn't an overtime game, but – Against Stockton, they've been within three, within four, and then they get a little bit of a run. Last time it was Chris McCarron hit a big-time three, and the profs just couldn't score the last bucket, and that was it. And they're, the profs going against guys that they've played the last two, three seasons. Marcellus Ross has really shines against the Ospreys, and there was yeah. some chitter-chatter back and forth between the two teams, especially with, Cam- especially with Campbell. Is a lot of those guys, they, again, they – they lost last year but in a bad fashion. They held Campbell their best player. And now, honestly, I say Gaither is their best player. And, again, Campbell shoots it from beyond the arc. Gaither does not. This Rowan team prior to last night, I would have said, is, is the lock to win the NJAC. And now there's honestly looking at three or four teams that can walk away, Rampo, TCNJ, Stockton, or the Rowan profs. Which I think I think you made a good point of, you know, I think that you might have to see Ryan M's play more. Yeah, because I mean he played in spot minutes against Rutgers and Newark, but you know they're not the best team, and I and I understand that. But his presence down low, like it just scares guards away. Like just because he's six seven two fifty, like it just the presence just scares. Who knows? I, I think he's a solid defender, but he could be the worst defender ever. But just his presence alone would scare a Gaither away from the rim and, and would force him to take those mid range shots. And all of a sudden, like I, I think they would have to look into possibly playing him more. And, and they got a couple. They got a, about a month. You know, to maybe experiment with that. They obviously don't play Stockton again, but you, know, you play some other good teams, like you mentioned TCNJ coming up soon. Yeah, but with Gaither, he's six five, and I think he was around two twenty. He's a he's a big dude too. So I know Ems is like has the size and the height. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if it would scare scare Gaither just to counter your point, Doc. Just yeah. because Gaither is like he moves like a guard, and I would say more of like a like a stronger guard, maybe like a like a forward. He has like that mentality of like Giannis, but with these with this men's team, it's it's always just interesting to see how how they'll play out. And it's been nice to see Noel being able to score the ball more, though. It's it's nice to see him being able to score twenty nine points and thirteen rebounds over a team like Stockton when you need him to. Mm-hmm. And the amount of double doubles that he's been able to put up, it, I you like to have to have Spivey at that center position. 
but he's still getting more rebounds than Spivey mm-hmm. on, on average, too. He's tied for seventh for double-doubles in the whole D3 with 11. He got his 11th on Wednesday. So it's nice that he can play that like four position, but he's still getting rebounds, and he's coming up in big games lock uh, when you need him to. Shooting 10 for 18, 3 for 5 from 3, 6 for 10 at the line. This is the Jazir Knoll that the profs would love every night. And it's it's been rolling throughout the entire season. He is the head of this three-headed monster. Yeah, I mean, last season, he wasn't too much of a three-point shooter. He was just kind of down low in the blocks. He would catch it. Mid-range bucket is really his bread and butter. But he's shooting 45% from beyond the arc this season. I mean, he, he is easily, besides Ross, the second option from beyond the arc. And he shoots a better percentage from Ross, but Ross obviously shoots more. And clearly, Ross is the third guy to look at on this team. And that's why a lot of times you'll see Noel back-to-back buckets. They sag off of Ross. Ross connects on 1-3. You know the second one's coming. The third one's coming. And that's what happened against Rampo. They they looked really good to start off the game. Ross went 7-for-7 seven seven to start the game. And once the pros can't make one shot, the entire team can't hit a shot. And that's mm-hmm. kind of – we see that really with – both the men's and the women's teams. Once they go cold, there's not one person that can save them. And that's really a problem when you're getting to these NJAC playoff games less than a month now. Because Rampo, again, they were down by 17 points with four minutes to go in the second half. Peter Gorman of Rampo, who's first team all in Jack last year, most likely this year, he turns up, he score, he gets a big-time three with five seconds to go over Noel, go to overtime, and the pros lose. They should not have lost that game. And you look now, Rampo's above you, TCNJ's above you as well as Stockton, and now you're sitting in fourth, and you're going to most likely have to win out if you want to at least get a top two seed, which will guarantee you at least two most likely home games. Now, with the, again, you talk about Noel, no exceptional player. He, he is absolutely the best player on this team. There's nights where Khalif Mears, he's a free layup every night. Mears going to the basket downhill, nobody's stopping him. Nope. Obviously, he was banged up last night, kind of prevented him from probably going into the 20-point margin, but this team on paper can go head-to-head with every team. And they've, they've really, again, their biggest loss is by 10, and that was last night. Christopher Newport, the number one-ranked team, was head-to-head with Rowan the entire time. It was a five-point game with five minutes to go. They just missed a couple of shots, and Newport capitalized. But every game, they've lost by 10 or less. Something they did last year. They did really well. Their only two NJAC losses were in February, and that's the only difference between this team and last year. They had more veteran presence, but they have, I would say, three better players than they did last year. One thing I want to bring up that Justin said was when one person misses, the rest of the team starts to miss. The men's team, it's uh, it's a lot of the three-headed monster. I mean, last night you had, besides the three-headed monster, only Booty Butler scoring in double digits with 11. Mm-hmm. Do you think one thing that Eric Brennan needs to do is start incorporating more of this lineup into this offense, into this team, just because... To have the load be off of Jazir Noel, Marcellus Ross, and Khalif Mears, it's a lot less pressure on them, mm-hmm. but it might make the team even a little better. I get the point that you're trying to make of, you know, you don't just want three scoring options, mm-hmm. but I think that they're almost a perfect fit all three of them together to where it doesn't feel like it's just three players. It feels very seam- seamless. Like, you'll go, you watch a game and be like, oh, only three players had more than, you know, 10 plus points. It's only three players in double figures. You're like, you know, but it felt like Booty Butler had a bigger impact offensively. You know, it felt Chris McCarron has hit a lot of clutch shots this year. Obviously, he doesn't shoot too much, but, you know, when he's shooting it late in games, I mean, it feels like he's connecting. Um, And I think their offensive production, you know, it might have. You know, Mikey Robinson, uh, you know, hopefully he's all right, like you guys mentioned. But he had, I mean, he had a game. 
uh, the other day against Rutgers Newark. He was cleaning up the offensive boards. I think that's where other people can come in. I think you have the three stars. Not saying three stars can't make those hustle plays, but if you're not a star and you're not getting that offensive load, you need to make those hustle plays. Like That's where you build your identity on this team and they have a lot of guys that could step up i think you know josh ray is sadly in a, a little bit of a slump and i think one way you know to get on the court more and the one way coach brennan can notice you is you know you go for that loose ball you box out an offensive rebound get your team an extra possession i mean because that's what some of these games might come down to yes it was a 10 point deficit uh that rowan lost to stockton but i'm sure there was a lot of you know moments you guys saw where it's like if they score here this game could be a whole lot different, and then they just weren't able to capitalize. I mean, it's, it's a game of runs, and they weren't able to have those runs. Like you mentioned, you know, they're kind of counting on Marcellus Ross to have that, that big momentum three, because if that momentum three goes in, then it's almost like, oh, let's go, and then you start getting stops because you're like, oh, they have to come all the way down. You know, there's no f- fast break. You know, it's a half-court offensive setting, and, you know, I think that's where it starts. Sometimes your best defense is your best offense, and vice versa. That's a good note to end on for this men's basketball team. When we come back from break, we'll be talking about the women's basketball team and their past few games. You're tuned into the Rowan Sports Review, and we'll be right back after these short messages. Welcome back, everyone, to the Rowan Sports Review. Jack Miller, your host for the RSR Lock and Dock, are joining me, and we were just talking about the men's basketball team and their recent game against the Stockton Ospreys as they lost 109-99. to Tavon Gaither had a day with 36 points for the Ospreys, and Jazir Knoll had 29 points and 13 rebounds. Another double-double. Double-double number 11, tied for 7th in D3 basketball. What a day for him for the newly 25-year-old for Jazir Knoll. But now we're going to switch over to the women's basketball team and what Kate Pearson, the head coach for the Profs, have been cooking up as they're 8-9 and nine on the year now after the loss to Stockton, and now 5-5 five and five with their NJAC record. What's nice to see, guys, is that you see Charlotte Carlisle get more involved as she's been starting in her past four games in the past two weeks, and she had a really nice week last week, 10 total blocks in three games last week, with six of them against Rutgers Newark, four of them against Montclair State. She's been a nice key to this starting rotation, Doc, alongside with Santana down low. She can be a huge piece for this women's basketball team, not even just for this season, but she's a sophomore. She's got Mm -hmm. two more years left, Doc, so she's going to be a good part to have on this team for future seasons. Yeah, and it's great that... You know, Carlisle is, you know, getting in there immediately. I, I know they were probably, you know, hesitant to use the double big uh, with Santana and Carlisle, but I would say it's worked. You know, it's been a short amount of time, and obviously the loss to Stockton, you know, not, you know, something you want to see. Like, I think the defense is just ticked up a notch. I think Carlisle, you know, might we might see Carlisle growing into maybe the best player on the team. I think if you get down to, you know, you, you get confidence in her and you continue to be like, look, Look, this is you get the ball here. Uh, don't look to pass. Like that's that's all you. Like you're better than the person across from you, and continue to try to dominate and and get those shots. Uh, you know, I, I don't. I think anything less than six shots a game for her. You know, I would be like, you need to shoot at least six times. And I, I think she's capable of it. And she's been a big reason why. You know, even with the sour record uh, so far for this basketball team, that I have hope come the later January, as we get later into January and February, and you know, as you continue to battle all these NJAC teams, and I think she just kind of gives you a, a new gear. Earlier, when we were talking about the men, that 
it's the the men they have a lot of offense and they need to start uh working on their defense a little more and it's kind of the opposite when you look mm-hmm. at it for this women's team, uh, me and Locke were there uh, in Galloway, New Jersey, in this for the Stockton game. Rowan had the lead pretty much the entire game, but once that fourth quarter came in, the Stockton went on a twenty to five run mm. for the entire ten minutes. They've had rough quarters in the past, and it's something that you got to keep your eye on if you're Kate Pearson that they could have just an entire quarter slump because when you went against Montclair State. Two Wednesdays ago, you start off the game down sixteen to three. Something's something's got to change where the offense needs to start stepping up more for this women's basketball team. Yeah, and look, the solution, you know, they got to find it themselves. And I think when I watch them, it just feels a little stagnant. And I'm sure you guys feel the same. Where you know they are prone to those, you know, only scoring three points and eight minutes, you know, type of struggles. And and I think, you know, they make offense almost hard for themselves. There's a lot of different ways. You know, I've learned a lot from watching basketball, and I mean a lot, uh, just over the past year and a half. And offense, I feel like you could you could score with a lot less talent than Rowan has um, and score more than them. It starts with coaching. You know, Kate Pearson, it's, it's, you know, it's time. We're getting to late January. You know, I, I need to start seeing some more, you know, results. And I need to see them put the ball in the hoop consistently. And I think just all, like, you know, you use off-ball movement. You use screens. You know, you use backside screens. You know, you free up, especially with this double big lineup. you got two players that can set some hard screens, uh, you know, for your guards and, and open up shooters. And I hate when I watch some teams play basketball. And, you know, it just feel like they, they almost don't know what, what to do when they're bringing it up the court. And I think that's kind of an issue. I think, you know, they need to find an identity. They got to find a way to use this double big lineup as successful as it's been defensively, make it successful offensively because you can get offensive rebounds too. And you can use them as screeners. You can, you can get it to them down low inside, you know, help them try to find a mismatch on a guard and, you know, just flip it up and in. And that's, that's where it starts. Uh, I think they maybe have to go back to the fundamentals. Yeah. What do you, what do you think about that? Luck? do you think they agree with doc of just going back to the fundamentals and, kind of rolling and setting hard screens for this double big lineup that they're now rolling with? Yeah, I mean, because again, if you set those screens, again, getting your three-point shooters open, again, Sprinter Rujo, Jess McLaughlin, definitely your two best options from beyond the arc. I'm not seeing enough looks from them as well. I mean, we again, obviously there's unwanted turnovers that kind of halt your, your offense in general, and you see kind of the bench unit try to revive it sometimes when when it gets stagnant, but when you have cold feet, you're on the bench for a long time. It's it's really hard to ignite the offense, and I, I like that they have this new lineup because a lot of times, especially in the Rutgers-Newark game and Montclair State, where they kind of found their rhythm, Carlisle really would take the ball, Santana would box out, set off the, the one defender, and Carlisle has a, a mismatch 5-9 against a 6-3. She's going to win that most times, and that's really what they succeed at. And and, and that's why I think it, it's really about more about an aggressive gameplay. I think a lot of times they get into that, oh, we're up by 10, we're we're fine, they miss one shot, then they're just they're slow. They're slow to get back on defense. And we saw it last night. Santana was guarding their best shooter, Grace Spear, and Grace Spear completely lit them up. That, that's literally exactly what happened for Stockton last night. Their, their, their top scorer on the season was held to under 10, and she might have got 11 after the free throws at the end, but they they could t- stop the top scorer. But the profs last night, and a couple times this season, I was now 8-9, and nine, it just seems like they're in the game for three quarters. Once that fourth quarter, it just, again, slows down. They, they need to pick things up. And it, maybe it is a different lineup change in the fourth quarter they need to have. Maybe 
they they want to have just Carlisle at the end of the game, or they just want to have just Santana, or f- vice versa. I I think it's just got to be more of a three point shooting lineup in defense instead of going with the with the girls that they always like to go out there with. Because if you don't make lineup changes, we're again we're going to be sitting here uh, in February saying we wish we would have, and then the season's going to come to an end. So hopefully they can find a, a rhythm again. They they got a game. William Patterson is up next. Then followed that by TCNJ. Then you get Rampo. So again, TCNJ and Rampo, those two games, if they can at least split those, you're going to have a good chance because those are two of the top four teams in the NJ. The Doc was, or Locke, excuse me, was talking about the uh, best uh, shooters on the team. I would say with uh, just looking at stats and what I've seen uh, broadcasting these games is what their best shooters are Arujo, Hurley, uh, you also have Holt and McLaughlin. Um, with those four, right, um, th- that's kind of who you want to go to. And with the lineup that they have, you have a lot of seniors. You have a lot of people potentially leaving next year. You mm-hmm. have Mallard, Christina Johnson. You also have uh, Holt. And there's one more that I feel like I'm missing. Santana. Oh, Santana. Yep. Thank you. And those 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 people are leaving. And but all of those are pretty much key scoring options, key players to this rotation. So maybe we get to see down the line. Maybe Pearson wanting to test some of these uh, best, one of the better shooters of Arujo and maybe McLaughlin mm-hmm. because. You have to see what you're dealing with next season as well. So maybe that these players get more playing time, but that also might help you to get to a better seed in the NJAC standings and also push you to the potential NJAC championship game um, and the NJAC and just push your entire team in uh, throughout the NJAC tournament as well. Indeed. I mean, I'm, one of the things I love uh, about basketball is you know, when they do try those weird lineups, like you mentioned, you know, getting other people involved. And, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But one thing I hate is when they stay the same exact way that they are, uh, certain teams. I'm not just talking about Rowan specifically. But, you know, what Rowan's doing, you know, you know, record-wise hasn't worked. Um, and we know that. And they know that. Uh, you would hope at least. and but, Well, you, they do because that's why they made that change to Carlisle back. I mean, not back in the starting lineup, but in the starting lineup. And and they took McLaughlin out too. Yeah. And I think, you know, you might have to get weird. You might have to be like, look, just because you're starting a game don't mean you're finishing. You know? And I think that's one thing, you know, a lot of coaches assume that, you know, their starters are just going to finish the game. No. I'm going with, you know, what's worked, you know. If Russo has a great game against, you know, TCNJ who's coming up or William Patterson, like, uh, you, you got to ride. You got to ride with it. You know, if the, the, that matchup's working, you, you got to keep going with it. And if it doesn't work, then, look, you, you, you saw it. You saw it. It didn't work. You know, it, it's better to go out, you know, swinging and continue to stay where you are and uh, allow yourself to get beat up. Yeah, so that's going to do it for the Rowan Sports Review. Thank you, uh, Justin Locke and Aiden Doc, for joining me once again for the Rowan Sports Review. I'm your host, Jack Miller. Be sure to tune in to both Rowan basketball games. Again, the women start at 1 o'clock against William Patterson, and the men will do the same against the Pioneers at 3 o'clock today. Thank you guys again for tuning in to the Rowan Sports Review, and have a great rest of your Saturday.